What if I told you you can make the world a better place by playing Dungeons and Dragons? How does that make you feel? Well, it makes me of feel course. good. Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. And I'm your guest, Dale. And I'm your co-host, Ian. We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. I am super excited. Uh, Dale, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really happy to be here. Really appreciate you guys having me on. <laughs> I'm a big fan of your product. One thing that um, I'm, I'm, I really believe is that um dungeons and dragons is a game and tabletop in general is uh, a game that's designed for everyone and i know that it's not always accessible to everyone and it doesn't always reflect the variety of backgrounds that everyone comes from in the the challenges and trials and, and stuff that is part of uh uh our lives and i think that what you've put together here with limitless heroics is phenomenal so dale i we obviously uh got a nice sample of your your content before we delve in that can you tell crit nation and all of our wonderful audience a little bit about yourself and worm wormworks uh publishing sure so wormworks publishing is dedicated to helping you make other people's lives better Right. We want you to be able to be the hero. We want to give you the resources uh, to take to use tabletop role playing games in such a way that you actually make the real world a better place. Um, and so uh, right now, our big project is Limitless Heroics. And uh, and what it is, is it's a compendium of literally every disability, neurodiversity and mental health symptom in existence, plus uh, a bunch of fantasy ones because you know if you're playing D and D, there's going to be other things in a magical world uh, that wouldn't happen in the real world, and um, and, and so the idea is that you can uh, you can either replicate uh, real world uh, diagnoses or, or conditions or whatever term you want to use, um, or you can have something all new and and you can either use that for player characters or for NPCs. And so it's a, it's also to a lot of people think, well, I'm not sure that I'd want to play uh, that, you know, a, a character like that. Right. But this is also a dungeon master tool uh, mm -hmm. to just populate your world. Um, you know, if you think about how, uh, you know, the, okay, the real world, uh, about 15, 20%, um, depending where you are of the population uh, is disabled. All right. And so uh, when you're creating a fantasy world, you tend to start with the real world and then you go, OK, what twist do I give it to make it fantasy? All right. And yep. so uh, so, you know, then it becomes this question of why um, why do you not have disabled characters? Why did you know? So, I mean, you're essentially removing them. And, and oftentimes it's not a conscious decision. Right. Uh, it's it's just it's how um, you know D and D was kind of designed with that. It's not built into rules as written, and so you know we want to just make it easy for people to to take that and and include that in their game. 
to make it more like the real world. And also so that you can uh, just by using the, the write-ups, the mechanics in there, uh, uh, or, or even if you don't use the mechanics, just like for an NPC that maybe the mechanics don't specifically apply, but you just give them the, you communicate that, that disabled people exist and, um, and they exist in my world too. And I think that that's a really great point because I have never, honestly, in a world with adventurers, I had never thought to include people who are already have some sort of uh, um, disability. And that you're right, that's not something that I consciously avoided, which honestly, if anything, it would make sense that I should have, you know, a few people with, you know, uh, missing limbs, for instance, because, you know, they there's it's such a dangerous world. But to even have, you know, people that were, you know, born a certain way and to not include that, I realize how much um, personality that the world should have that I've been kind of omit omitting and not intentionally. Right. Um, and so when I saw this product, I was very kind of knocked on my ass. Cause I was like, Holy crap. Not only is, as you mentioned, this a great resource for players who want to give more, um, personality to their, their characters, but also as a DM, it makes it easier to, um, include others and flesh out the world in a more real way, I think, um, especially in a fantasy setting. Even, you know, I, one of the things I was reading in some forums about stuff like this was, well, well, there's abilities and stuff that get over. I'm like, yes, but most people don't have access to that and it's costly and a myriad of other reasons why they don't have access to it. And you would just be marginalizing that if you didn't actually, if you just went ahead and just made it disappear like that. Obviously, player characters are typically... Um, um, a very rare breed among the, the world's population. And so for me, this really gives me a great tool to not only make my uh, player characters more interesting, but to show that the world is truly reflective of the world that we experience ourselves and that sometimes people are born with disabilities, but that doesn't stop them from being heroic or still becoming um, important people in, in our worlds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, and, and that's, that's something that I can't emphasize enough because it's something that I didn't really think about before either. Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, I, so much of my life, I have children uh, who are neurodiverse. Uh, I have worked in various disability fields uh, since middle school. Right. And, um, and, and so it wasn't really something that I had thought about before either until, um, you know, I think really it was seeing things like the combat wheelchairs, seeing mm -hmm. the, uh, the controversy with Jen Kretschmer's uh, uh, adventure in Candlekeep and, and stuff like that. And, and I went, Oh yeah. And it was just, it was just something that I hadn't really thought about. And, um, and I thought, wow, why did I not think of that before? <laughs> And, and really, that's kind of how this started, that, that I said, oh, well, there needs to be more of that. And, and at first, I just I started looking for assistive devices and, um, uh, you know, prosthetics and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and there was a little bit out there, like there's the combat mm -hmm. wheelchair. And if you went on like DMs Guild or, or just kind of did a little Googling, there was a little bit out there, but not very much. Right. And, um, and, and so, uh, so then I, I went. Okay, well, I'll create a, a book of, uh, of prosthetics and, uh, and different assistive devices. And then I went, wait a minute. 
This is a solution without a problem, because if you don't have people with disabilities in the first place, then they don't need assistive devices. Right. Then, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Why are there no people with disabilities? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and when I thought, when I was reading through this and I'm sure uh, Ian can think of far more examples than, than I can, but I'm a big comic book person. And as I was thinking back, some of my most memorable uh, characters have, um, what you, uh, a form of disability. Okay. So some of my favorite characters might be uh, villains in some cases like uh, Modak, but um, you know, he's a, he's got, um, you know, he's got the small body with, you know, the, the big brain. And to me that shows that uh, whoever designed that character might've been considering that stuff where he needs this. Um, he makes up for his lack of, you know, physical abilities with his mental prowess. Um, and I think that that makes that a far more interesting character than just somebody like, uh, um, uh, crap. Who's the Hulk's genius enemy, dude. I can't oh, remember the leader. It's the, leader. the leader. Thank you. Oh, how did I forget? He's the, how did I forget that? Um, but he's a, he's a good example. I mean, they're basically comparable as far as, you know, being super smart, but one just has better development because of the challenges that Modak had to overcome. Of course, he's also trying to destroy everything, but that's yeah. no here, no there. <laughs> Not related. Also, also going to test too, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I do want to talk a little bit about some of this stuff in here. Um, I don't know if uh, – um, do you have anything to, to add, uh, Ian? Uh, not in particular. Okay. I do think it's an interesting topic to touch on, and it's uh, definitely a discussion worth having with some tables for sure. Yeah. Now the sample that uh, you or that I have, um, I I don't know, I don't remember if you sent it or if I got it from your website or the guild. I'm not, I don't remember where, uh, where, but um, the the mechanics and stuff that you included in here are actually, uh, they, it's a wide variety, and most of them are left open to how you utilize them uh, as a player. Um, like when you talk about, you break it down by like different body parts and stuff, for instance, like. Huh. Uh, something as simple as uh you know appendages or your face each one has these different uh options and you like the face for instance you know one of the options you can roll on is a tumor well that gives you a lot to to um think about when you're developing a character well where is the tumor on the face what does it look like how does it make that person's life more difficult you know um as i was thinking about these things the more i was able to develop an interesting uh, character who has to then overcome those challenges. One first thing that came to my mind with the face and tumor is one having a face, a, a tumor that's so big that interrupts his ability to speak, but also this person wants to be a wizard, <laughs> you know? And so I was thinking that, um, finding ways to overcome that would be really cool. First thing I thought of is using mage hand to hold, you know, hold it out of the way when he wants to cast spells or something like that. I don't know if that was the intent you were going for with this, uh, sort of, um, product. Yeah, so you know, we wanted to um, wanted to to kind of replicate the experience, all right? To give mm -hmm. now, now obviously, um, someone who is playing a disabled character in a game or, or you know encounters a character, it's not the same as you know, because because you can turn it off, you you end the game, yeah. and you know, and it's done, right. and you're not you're you're only sort of playing the part. But at the same time, you know, you are going to run into challenges. And in fact, the book has uh, has an appendix on uh, how to and, and it's also worked into uh, some of the descriptions. Uh, OK, so if you have uh, problems speaking, 
right? And mm -hmm. you need, you have verbal components. What do you do about that? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and mm -hmm. so there's how to uh, modify spells and things and, and what the, you know, extra cost and, and, and things like that, that is necessary yeah. to make that happen. And so all of that kind of mechanics, if you're paralyzed uh, and you want to cast a spell that has somatic components, same thing. And, um, and, and so work that in while still keeping game balance and not just sort of, you know, hand waving it, so to speak. Right. And, right. Um, and, and so, because, and, and the other thing is with the, um, with the prosthetics that, that are in there, um, real world assisted devices are, um, they they tend to have a trade-off, right? And, and so, uh, so like a prosthetic arm is oftentimes, um, you know, you, you can get your, your sort of cosmetic ones or, uh, you know, kind of very basic ones that, um, don't do a whole lot. Um, you can get, I mean, in, in our, um, modern world, you can get these sort of robotic arms that can do, that can grip things and, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, you know, those things are really expensive and they're really heavy. And, um, and I've talked to people that said, yeah, I had one of those. I don't use it anymore. It was, it was more trouble than it was worth. And, uh, you know, you get chafing and just all kinds of, of issues with it. And, um, and, and so we wanted to, to communicate, uh, through the various assistive devices that we have that, um, that all these things that, uh, that we have in the real world, they've got drawbacks. And, mm -hmm. um, and so it's always kind of a trade-off. And, and so we work that into the mechanics. Um, so, you know, there might be a potion that's basically, I mean, some of them, if, if you read the descriptions carefully, like, oh, that's a bottle of Tylenol, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I did some stuff like that, you know, like chronic pain or something like that, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, well, some of it is like, oh, it's great until it wears off. Um, and you know, and, and how common are, are potions. It's, it's not like you can keep a, you know, a bottle of 200 of them with you. Um, right, right. And, uh, or, or like, okay, well this spell, if you know, if you have a phobia, you can use a heroic spell and, and that will, uh, that'll take care of that phobia for the duration. And you had to use a spell slot in order to, to do that. And now you to don't have that spell that, yeah. slot for something else. So, you know, so yeah, there's always some kind of trade-off just like in, in real life. And, and so we wanted to kind of help people recognize that, uh, you can't just, uh, it, it doesn't just suddenly make things all you know, gone. It's, it's not like, I think the classic example is, is daredevil. Um, mm -hmm. that like, okay, so daredevil, oh, he's blind, but is he, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, let's face it. He can see better than anyone. <laughs> right. And, and I think that's something that we have to be, uh, mindful to, because that can, I don't know if the word I want to say is marginalize um, or uh, allow, allow us to just wave away the fact that this is a problem if mm. you've got it. Um, and we don't want to do that. Um, and I think that that is part of what makes this um, supplement interesting. Now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this, this supplement that you, that I currently have is just like a, a draft concept. You are planning to, uh, launch a Kickstarter and add a whole, more st stuff, more art. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. So the, um, the Kickstarter, 
uh, is, which launches January 4th, is going to have um, full write-up of 450 plus symptoms, right? Um, That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you when I when I first started, you know, working on this and trying to figure out how to how to categorize and group everything. You know, mm -hmm. I, I was first starting out with you know, like autism, okay? And uh, everyone will say you've heard this expression: autism's a spectrum, right? Yeah. So how do you do write up on autism? And I looked around and I found some write ups. And and basically and and they're good and I really appreciate it and I and I can't say enough positive about uh, people that have said hey I want to include an autistic character in my game and so therefore I'm you know I'm going to write up some mechanics um, to do it All right but the problem is 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 how do you do that when you consider what a spectrum autism is All right mm -hmm. and this is one thing and and literally every disability is a spectrum and um and so okay how do you do that and so I realized as um, as I was looking through and, and just researching that uh, for one, you have a lot of overlap, all right? Mm -hmm. You'd be amazed how many different uh, conditions have chronic pain as a, um, you know, as, as part of, of that condition. And, and so I thought, well, there's no point in, in rewriting chronic pain over and over and over. Right. If you break this down into symptoms, you can just sort of group things to whatever it is. And, and so because of that, and I just realized this about a week ago, you can literally represent the entire autism spectrum using the mechanics in this book. That's because, awesome. Yeah, because you've got you've got all the different symptoms, plus uh, it's broken down. Uh, you can with each symptom, uh, you can have uh, different frequencies. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, maybe it's in remission and you never know when it's going to come back. All right. Maybe hey, you're you in know, the middle of battle. Yeah. You know, or, um, or, or maybe, yeah, maybe it's, it's, it's there and it kind of comes and goes and you never know when it's going to, um, or you can even, there's, there's even, uh, mechanics for, uh, something that is degenerative. And, uh, and if you want to play it now, a lot of people, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of disclaimers, you know, built in there right, and, right. and stuff that, because a lot of people are not going to want to play a character, um yeah yeah that's it's like well you know their days are numbered but some people do want to play that character mm -hmm, right? right and 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 so so it's in there but with everything every single table says you can choose or roll on this table and um cuz we want any we don't want anyone to feel uh like they're you know kind of forced into playing this character that they don't want or you know or, or something right. like that uh, Dalcinia says, uh, I have a player who plays a character with depression solely because she wanted to see a character with her disability fight dragons and win. That I feel like is one of the cores of, of this is it can make it relatable for people who don't get represented in regular pop culture type um, scenarios, you know, Daredevil, you mentioned as an example, is one of the few blind heroes, but is he really, as you had said? Um, and well, that's uh, good. Well, I did want to uh, shout out, I mentioned earlier with uh, comic book characters in general, because something that uh, most people don't realize is in the comics, Hawkeye is actually deaf. And you, you never really saw that in the Marvel movies until the Hawkeye series, where they finally met, yeah, with all the explosives he's been around, his hearing's been damaged, he's walking around with hearing aids. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. And, yeah, and it comes into play several times. Right. Mm -hmm. And I actually remember one time at Gen Con, too, where, where we were playing uh, Mutants and Masterminds, I was actually running Hawk as a playable character, and I actually did 
and, and there she was one point where his disability she came up in combat where like I was uh, fighting Black Canary and she did a sonic scream at me. I'm like, okay, DM, quick question. I want to have for this character. Does that affect me? I'm cool either way. It goes, oh, yep, you're deaf. You're good. See, I like yep. that as a, a benefit of uh, the, the disability you had given your character. Get, right. And actually remember in the movie Ninja Scroll, one of the, and I know this is a trip that, that you've mentioned in your book, because it's a villain, mind you, that you're trying to avoid. But one of the villains they fought was a blind samurai. But mm -hmm. he used that to his advantage by creating an environment with with flashes, which disables his opponent, but does not affect him at all. Yeah, and no. you know, and and there's nothing wrong with having a, a villain with a disability, right. right? Right. But but if they're the only character in the whole story with a disability, or if That's their disability is um, is, like is is their defining feature, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I I was thinking of um you know, Darth Vader, you know, it's like, <laughs> like, Oh, Oh, that's scary. It's a respirator. There's nothing scary about a respirator people. All right. Um, but the way that, that it's worked into his character, it becomes this, the scary ominous thing. Well, now how do people with that are actually on respirators, uh, or even need any kind of breathing equipment? Um, you know, how how does that make them feel then when yeah. they're when that's treated as this sort of monstrous thing? That see, that's exactly as somebody who doesn't have that's not something I had ever considered. And now when you you're right, when you make that a defining feature, that can definitely put some strain on um the person that who I actually have to deal with something like that on a regular basis. Um, yeah, or or if it's especially if it's um their their disability is the reason that they're a villain. Like, oh, I was this thing happened to me and now I'm disabled and therefore my life is terrible and I need revenge. Yeah. That's definitely something to avoid. Yep. And um another piece of media I thought about too as we're having this, this discussion is have any of you watched uh, or read the manga Basilisk? No. All right. I have not. Short version, general plot, two clans had to resolve a conflict by having a 10 on 10 death match. Yeah, yeah, really. And sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but and quite a few of the characters do have like uh, physical disabilities in there too, but that's also a result of inbreeding, so they can focus on specific techniques. Mm. And one example is there's one character who you thought for most of the series he was blind. But you actually find out later on, oh, he's not blind. He actually has an eye technique when he opens his eyes. Anybody who sees his eyes then commits suicide. But he can't turn it off, which is why he always keeps his eyes shut. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So that, that defect can be a strength. Um, yeah. And there's... Can also, like Midas, touch something and turn it to gold. Seems like yeah. It seems like a it's horrible at, or great at first, but becomes horrible. In this case, it's the other way around taking yeah. this thing that's bad and trying to find a way to use it in a way that's beneficial. Yeah. I can give more examples, but that's the one that immediately comes to mind in particular. So. Yeah. Right, and Dale? so the different uh, symptoms, you know, some of them do have bonuses, you know, mm -hmm. if, if you're blind, mm -hmm. then gaze attacks. Mm, yeah. You're not going to worry about that. Um, yeah. You know, and and uh, different things like that that are are worked in uh, to it, and 
but but not everything does you know right and and i also made a point of differentiating between uh thunder damage and sound mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. because thunder damage is vibrations um right and which is so, why i asked about the ruling about the sonic scream earlier from like uh <laughs> black canary so. yeah yeah so uh, you know thankfully uh fifth edition is is really uh specific about what kinds of of damages you know classifications makes it real easy to to rule on how some of that stuff works but, well yeah. that's the thing like a uh, edition two is trying to mm -hmm. reduce the amount of categories in general just to reduce the paper the paperwork if you will in general for <laughs> everyone but and what would you say like with this document that you've with the research and uh your publication what would you have so far with it what are the real benefits you've seen or you feel that can come from this product uh see you know, I, th I think number one, for one, we already had that comment about um, right. about being able to play yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And I've had so many people that where I see somebody talking about ADHD on Twitter, and I send them the the write up that I have on attention deficit, which, by the way, again, it, there's lots of different kinds uh, or expressions of ADHD, and and so um, so you can have that kind of you know that exact reflection of of your experience um but oftentimes i've just sent that the one piece the one attention deficit piece uh to people and and they've said um wow th yeah that's me right there you know and uh people that have just repeatedly are the um you know depression anxiety um that, that i show them what i have on that and they go this is what goes through my head every morning this is this is my day and um and so so people feel seen and heard and um and, and recognized and um but also we want people who don't have the benefit of having a lot of uh disabled people uh in their lives right and so they haven't had that exposure and i know mm -hmm. when when i first you know i mentioned i was way back in um in middle school that i, I first had this experience and um and and like i was kind of scared at first and um and then once i actually had the experience i was, I was working with people and uh, with developmental disability and stuff and i went oh this isn't scary this isn't scary at all and you know this is great and and i really enjoyed it and and so you know part of this is is to give people that sort of role play exposure uh, to learn, number one, that um, that disabled and or um, you know neurodivergent or mentally ill. I mean, mental illness has such a stigma. Um, to go, no, you know, this is not scary. This is not, uh, you know, it's it's just part of life. And um, and and so once they experience that, then when they encounter people in real life, then it's like, oh, you know, I'm used to this. And I definitely feel like that is one of the big things that people do that they don't realize when they're not used to seeing somebody who has a disability or di different, it tends to make them uncomfortable, not out of, not out of, they've been taught that, but just out of generally ignorance. Right. Mm -hmm. And having more things like this can make that. So it's less uncomfortable mm -hmm. for, uh, anybody to be in that situation who's not been around it and doesn't know how to react because most people and this is just justin's opinion um when they get uncomfortable or they 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 look or stare i don't think it's usually malicious or anything or 
um, something out of, you know, anger or, or something like that. It's just out of, I've never been in this situation and it's making me uncomfortable. And while I don't think that they're trying to be mean or rude about it, that's the unfortunate world we live in. So having more things like this, that opens that up and making that the norm that, Hey, you know what, this is a part of life. There's people that have to deal with this. It makes it so that it doesn't become that, um, you know, look and point type of situation. At least that's okay. just Justin's opinion. Yep. So, and I wouldn't mind reading this, uh, the, the product a little bit more in depth just because I know I may have touched on this in the past, but I'm actually on the spectrum myself. Like years ago, when I was a kid, I was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome. And I don't think a lot of people realize like how wide of us, like, like you said, autism is a spectrum. There is so many things that fall under the qualifications that there's not really a one size fits all right. diagnosis, if you will. So, and I think uh, so far, uh, Dale, you've done a wonderful job including this. Um, and as I was thinking about this, the other thing that I, I, I there's always been a, a fight about natural ones in D and D about the fighter completely whiffing it or something. And as I'm looking at this, we talked about how things could be unexpected. I think having some sort of disability as uh, that's intermittent could really fill that, that, um, that narrative where, well, why did I get, you know, one, two ones in a row and miss? Maybe I, you know, fell asleep or I had a, a short, you know, tremor or a seizure or, or, or I lost my vision or whatever, you know, disability they have. There's a now, there's actually a part of the game that can explain that, I think, or sure. at least include it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we move on to the next segment of the show? Um, Nah, stuff might come up later, but it's fine. Okay. Oh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll mention one more. Um, okay. Kind of let's touch on this. One of the other sections uh, in the sort of introduction part of the book, um, there's always that question comes up about, like, what about greater restoration? Mm -hmm. you know, and, and you kind of already mentioned that about, you know, not everybody has access to that. It's expensive right. or, or whatever. All right. But the other thing is that um, restoration can only restore that which is taken away essentially all right ah i see so if you're born with uh like i had a guy on my show um he doesn't have forearm his hand is attached where his elbow would be all right okay. he's not missing a forearm nothing just, to restore yeah there's nothing to restore there Right. That's a it's just who he is. You know, it. so so trying to put uh, on, especially on a a, a, a congenital uh, condition, you know, you're born with that as some kind of restoration. Uh, it would be like trying to restore a tail to an elf. Yeah, you're you're basically trying to use by saying lesser restoration will fix it. You're implying that that they were born with a problem when. They were born how they were born, and that's the way it is, and there's nothing to fix. Right. Um, and I think that is the the right approach. Well done. So um, I'm really excited uh, for this. I can promise you have a backer right here, um, mm -hmm. and I will shout it from the top of the channels and stuff mm -hmm. when it goes live to, to help uh, push this through, because I think this is something the world needs, and I hope that it just blows up. Okay, maybe a poor choice of words, but you know what I mean. <laughs> nope. Appreciate it. All right. Um, 
So I think that'll do it for our uh, main topic, the Limitless Heroics. I'm sure Alicia's been posting the links in the doo somewhere. You can also head on over to CritAcademy.com and find this episode in the blog section and find links to all of the wonderful content that uh, uh, Dale has uh, put out and follow along with this journey of this project because I'm sure it's going to get big. Um, and I, for one, will start in being including these sorts of things in my D and D campaigns and settings. So um, I'm really excited for that. Now the part where we have sold our souls to a random company. <laughs> yep. Support for Academy is brought to you by Manscaped. Who is the best in men's below the waist screaming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Go to manscaped.com and use code CRIT for 20% off plus free shipping. Yes, Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features cutting edge ceramic blades to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. I now feel confident in shaving my boys. This upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on-off switch that can engage a travel lock. It also gives you the ability to turn your 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed to get a more precise shave in dark areas. <laughs> the Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard links with sizes from one to four. Maybe you got to find a perfect happy medium. Not everyone likes their lawn the same size, right? Nope. Did I mention it's wireless charging? If you haven't seen Brandon's unboxing video, it was so funny watching him try to figure out how it works. The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. And let's not be honest, boys, we like stuff that lasts longer, right? Now, men, if you have been shaving with the same nut trimmer on your face, you've been doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no person wants to end up with cubes in their mouth. It's time to get your own ball, hair, and body trimmer with Manscaped to make me time the best time and enhance your confidence with nice, smooth dice. Yeah, right. Every guy out there needs to add Manscaped to their wish list this season. It is the Christmas season, after all. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CRIT, once again, at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And once again, use the code CRIT. C-R-I-T, yes, CRIT. Please do. Uh, shave that uh, bag of holding, huh? <laughs> the, 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 the partner will love it. And now, what you've all been waiting for. Our Unearthed Tips and Tricks segment where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. First on deck is our character concept. Shad, Farmer's Marketer. Description? Shad the Farmer's Marketer has made his name for himself among the local fruit mongers. His knowledge of the wares and what's of all manner of fruits is legendary. In fact, 
Shad has written a book on fruit power. Yes, yes, this is Shad of Shadrick's Almanac of Fruit Far and Wide. Shad was invited to the <laughs> Melon Monastery of Marvelous Monks to teach and learn how each fruit can enhance the, the natural universal key that powers the monk's great feats. A Ooh. bite of banana fuels his fist of fury. A nibble of starfruit makes him dodge like a frisky feline. Some peaches? <laughs> oh, yes, sir. They bring the speed to the wakapows. <laughs> Personality-wise? Okay, right. Shad knows his fruit, and is also so pompous and arrogant about it. Most don't need to know Alton's acidic levels of kiwi and its effect on ki they don't have, but he insists on sharing his knowledge with the ignorant. <laughs> Shad grew up in an apple orchard. When he was a little bitty, a magic fruit fell on his head and they told him a sacred epic poem. He unbelievably remembered every word but kept his knowledge secret. Since that fateful day, he has been the fruit master, perhaps the only fruit master in the world. And his motivation is to discover more exotic fruits and to discover how to use them to further enhance his key. And this character concept comes from Beverage Tea, one of our viewers. Dale, what do you think about this uh, PC or NPC character? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, Monastery of Marvelous I... Monks. T, T is my superpower. So, um, you know, that's it's my source of my strength. Um, I love it. Uh, you know, this, uh, uh, sorry, the, now I'm getting Popeye vibes, you know? Right. And, and <laughs> you know, I was, I was just telling my, my, my kids, what was that? I was picking up something heavy, and, you know, my kids are like eight, nine, 10, uh, 11. Um, and, and they're like, how'd you do that? Like, Eat my vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> then you follow up with a breakdown of why all the different amino acids <laughs> and stuff does the body good. Um, this is one of uh, the more interesting characters we've had on the show because there's so many different ways you can go with this um, as an NPC or as a PC. Um, but I love the I love you went on to the 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 uh, Popeye theme because totally imagine him biting into a thing. <laughs> Every time he goes to do his power, do a specific key power or something. Um, I'm also picturing, you know, the the monks, um, you know, with the with the melons, um, <laughs> <laughs> just you know, kind of going all Gallagher on them. And <laughs> I like the idea of reflavoring uh, uh, stuff, uh, the little bullets from a sling as like slinging fruit. <laughs> Don't forget to eat your fruit. <laughs> <laughs> all right i think that'll do it for shad's farmers market here thank you beverage tea uh for the submission if you like our on our tips and you would like to have your stuff featured on our show please head on over and email us at critacademy at gmail.com with the unearth tips and tricks in the subject line and follow the uh format that all of our utts follow you can check it out on the blog uh got a couple messages about how people would like to see more submitted stuff so if you've got some good ideas send them to us all right our our monster uh variant of the show today is the huntsman um so in order to, to build our monster variants if you don't know 
we always start with a stat block because while it's amazing to be able to just say that you can build a perfectly balanced character, sometimes it's easier just to start with framework that already exists and then go from there. So yep. for our Huntsman, we're going to start with the Drider. We're going to lose some features and change some features. The size becomes medium. Any human ra humanoid race becomes acceptable. Any alignment, it's going to lose Fae Ancestry. We're going to give it a new spell list. It's going to lose Spider Climb, Sunlight Sensitivity, Web Walker, and Bite. Now, for the new spell list, we're going to keep it simple for the Huntsman theme. We're going to give them at will alarm because, you know, setting a trip alarm is just something a Huntsman should do. And then twice a day, good berry and ensnaring strike. And I actually did and add snare to the list after the fact. Um, but I realized I didn't actually add it here. So let's add that. Um, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, with that, we're going to give it some new actions, the hunting trap that it can use three times a day. The huntsman can use an action to set up a trap with a sawtooth steel ring that snaps shut on a creature steps on the plate in the center. Uh, it is affixed to a chain. It is essentially the hunter's trap. Imagine that. Uh, <laughs> the trap could be spotted with a DC 15. A creature that steps on the plate must succeed a DC 15 saving throw or take 44 piercing damage and stop moving. Thereafter, until the creature breaks free, it is basically stuck there on a short leash that it can't move its five foot square. Um, a creature that can uh, uh, use its action, I realize I spelled that wrong, <laughs> can use its action to make a 15 uh, DC 15 strength or thieves tools check to break it free or disable it entirely on a failed check you take 1d4 damage uh to the or is done to the trap creature so we basically have an action to set traps now because you can do it three uh, a day um it lasts as long so i love this monster for being able to set it up to catch my players on guard has that ever happened to you love it the next feature we're going to give it is the shrapnel trap so why just hang around with just the hunting trap when we can do better this oh, yeah. one can also be done three times a day. The Huntsman can use an action to set up a trap that bursts with caltraps or ball bearings when somebody steps on the pressure plate with the same DC as the Hunting Trap. A creature takes 2d10 piercing damage on a failed save and half as much on a successful one. Additionally, the area becomes covered in either shrapnel uh, of the Huntsman's cho cho that the Huntsman chose. In this case, with ball bearings, you must succeed on a, uh, a DC10 dexterity or a a DC 15 dexterity saving throw when you enter the area, if you're not moving half your speed, or if you do Caltraps, you must Caltraps, you must succeed a DC 15 saving throw or stop moving and take one piercing damage. Whew. Okay. One more thing. Uh, as a reaction, it gets tactical retreat. When the Huntsman hits uh, hit points lower than half its maximum, it can use its reaction to move up to half of its speed without provoking, provoking an op attack. As part of the action, it may drop a bag of ball bearings or caltraps before or during its movement. That's a lot. Yep. Obviously, <laughs> I was designing a new uh, class recently, and so this came up. <laughs> I would love to hear Dale. I'd love to hear Dale's uh, thoughts on this. So the the shrapnel trap to me that sounds like when you trip and your dice bag rips open. <laughs> Yes, and it goes everywhere. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. Yeah, I've I've never seen mechanics for uh, you know, what's essentially like a bear trap kind of thing before. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome, and and how useful, and, and of course, something like that would exist, you know, in a, a D and D setting. Yeah, this is uh, one of the 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 fun things that I enjoyed about this is that. It, um, so for those that don't know, every month I design a flavor of the month where I completely reflavor something. Well, I just did Craven the Hunter for our patrons. 
So having a NPC who tracks and stalks the players, then sets up traps and then engages them as they're caught in them, totally taking their them by surprise just needed to be fleshed out as a monster. And I feel like this really captured that essence. Um, the uh, I always say that I think monsters need a reaction uh, or legendary action. So we give this one a one to let them get away without being stabbed as much. So yep. the snare and the alarm and all that stuff is uh, on top of that. Ian, what do you think? I definitely think there's a tactical nature to this MP uh, creature. And obviously it's uh, a creature that needs to be familiar with its environment because it needs to set these traps up ahead of time because setting down traps in the middle of a fight is not going to be in most cases. Um, don't, don't step there. <laughs> the, in his defense, if they start littering the battlefield, though, and then he starts doing... He doesn't have any push attacks. Huh, I should have yeah. thought about that. Although, one thing that could be kind of fun to do, though, is... Although, suppose all these are actions, though, and don't take a minute to set up, too. <laughs> <laughs> Delcinia says I blacked out due to pun damage. What I missed, that's funny. Um, yeah, so this is definitely uh something that's a little more unique. Um, I'm always working on new fun, fun stuff, and I think the huntsman came out uh pretty well. Um, for those that are asking, part of our extraordinary expeditions was uh our first uh um what's the thing beyond the goal? Stretch goal was to create new four new classes, and I designed a trapper slash huntsman. Uh, ranger archetype so i'm excited to uh share that with everybody all right that'll do it for our very long-winded huntsman monster variant dale would you the slides can confirm <laughs> <laughs> whatever dale would you like to be uh tell us about our encounter you can either read it or just uh summarize it that's entirely up to you sure well i'll i'll just read it then so i don't <clears throat> do this wrong all right sage wardens a collection of druids have recently had the area surrounding their verbena grove vandalized by a dwarven settlement the wise one a female elf druid named uh, lothali has attempted to speak with the settlers about moving their settlement to a new location away from the grove but the dwarves are stubborn and insist the area has a high concentration of valuable mining deposits odag diamond pick a male dwarf veteran leads the group of 50 miners. He is pig-headed and refuses to miss out such a great find. Odag is hired and venturing party to ward off any attempts by the druids or Lothali to block their mining operation. Lothali seeks any who can destroy the mining machines and the mines and scare off Odag and his crew until they are leagues away from the beautiful purple grove. <laughs> what do you think about this encounter, uh, Dale? Um... I don't know. It just, it sounds familiar. Like, um, it, it, it's got a little bit of a Spider-Man homecoming vibe. Um, the, you know, okay. Yeah. I can see that. I went to my head was uh, princess Mononoke. <laughs> princess Mononoke was the inspiration, but I can totally see the Spider-Man. No way from, yeah. no way. Home, like the uh, iron town and the, uh, the what? forest gods. Homecoming. <laughs> homecoming kind of sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you you see this a lot, or, or um, you know, Fern Gully, or yep. um, you know, this is this is a great and and it's great because you can have uh, nice thing about uh, an encounter like this is uh, and and I love doing this where you have the different uh, sort of two sides and the players, you know, maybe you get hired by one side, and mm -hmm. um, but then you go, are we? Are we on the right side or not? 
you know and maybe right. you are maybe you aren't you know oftentimes in those are we the bad guy situations you know you realize oh yeah we are but you know maybe you're not you know and, and so and, and in this one it's it's a little bit ambiguous um yep. and it, it depends on on where you come down on you know as far as uh you know development uh versus <laughs> um you know strip mining or you know and right and and, and, and how do you feel about that and sometimes in some situations there is no right answer like there's sometimes some groups who do come into conflict for completely for like a better phrase natural reasons if you will or <laughs> so forth mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah. I, I i like this because that it leaves as with most of my encounters um it leaves a little bit of uh, moral ambiguity up to it because it doesn't really say exactly what they're mining it doesn't say that as dale point the approach that they're using um it could be that the druids they're far actually a pretty good distance away and the druids are the old get off my lawn you know yeah. <laughs> so because um, a lot of fun. like i know in our friday game we touched on this a little bit when we interacted with the druid guild whose goal was to restore nature to the world and even we were like okay you're being very vague about your methods are you talking about like uh regrowing <laughs> nature and like select pockets or are you talking about complete genocide and destroying the city and letting nature take over afterwards <laughs> Just kind of a that's a, that's a need to know basis is what that is. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, I uh, I think that'll do it for our encounter. Assist the sage wardens. Ian, would you like to tell us about our magic item, which comes right from uh, Wormworks, uh, the which is Dale. Uh, <laughs> Uh, if I recall, is this part of the Limitless Heroics or is it one of the other objects or one of the other uh, yeah, things from the website? Yep, this is right out of the book. Okay. All right. Today, our magic item is the Braces of Blades, wondrous common item. These silvered leg braces function as a normal leg brace, but can extend and retract blades from the sides as a free action, allowing you to swing your legs as an attack while balancing on crutches, hands, or walking canes. The weapon does 1d6 plus strength modifier and slashing damage. Simple, but effective. <laughs> Who needs the lawnmower 4.0 when you got the braces of blades? <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really like this. Uh, Dale, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Sure. So the idea is that if you have a, a weakness in your legs, you need uh, uh, either your uh, uh, wheelchair user or um, or uh, uh, you're using crutches or, or some other means. Um, then with with these things that basically if you just sort of imagine leg braces uh and uh and with blades that you know sort of like daggers that stick out uh the feet when you uh yeah. you can so you can just sort of uh use your your crutches like a kind of like a little pole bolt kind of thing and um yeah. and and swing your legs around the the legs don't need a lot of strength because you're using your your body strength uh yeah, right. to to swing it around and uh and so you can still do uh, slashing damage with that um as and and still make uh, regular attacks using using your legs um what and came, while still bracing yourself what came uh what i thought of is those uh olympians who stand on the rails and they swing like i don't know anybody's seen those where they they're holding yeah. themselves up and they're like that's the first thing i thought of and i was like that would be such a fun like fighter archetype to play um Back where the same you thing, have to what came to mind for me was actually the character gazelle from kingsman the first one. <laughs> oh yeah 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 um very similar um yeah. it was so i really like this and 
Um, it really a lot. I think uh, fighters and, and barbarians and, and some of the other more martial classes sometimes get a lot of flack, but uh, something like this can make your character stand out. You could uh, the the challenges and the discomfort that comes with it could be something that could be a core of the the character. You know, they're complaining that you know I hate having to wear these things because they're uncomfortable and they hurt and they and they you know they chafe and all these things. But at the same time, they're probably one of the most they could be one of the most deadly characters in the in the group. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah. Or you could have a you know just depending on um what build you're using you can mm -hmm. imagine a rogue that's using these things with mm -hmm. a, a sneak attack um and um uh, and or um depending on your monk build uh so yeah there's a lot of options yeah i love it all right that'll do it for our magic item the braces of blades from wormworks <laughs> i keep getting tongue tied every time i try to say that um, our dungeon master tip uh, is dangerous camping. As DMs, many of us tend to find random encounters a bit dull and unnecessary, but they can be powerful storytelling tools in Dungeons and Dragons games. Uh, you can make a character's appreciate hostels and inns far more by adding dangerous and threatening encounters while they sleep in the wilderness. Uh, this could be as simple as rolling a d20 on a 1 to 10, something negative happens. It could be something uh, they find something missing or uh, they're attacked by a wild beast or maybe it just rains on them and makes the next day's travel horrible. Uh, on 11 to 18, nothing happens. It's pretty standard stuff. And on a 1920, something positive happens. Um, what I can't imagine what positive would happen in the middle of the wilderness. Uh, but you, if you guys got any ideas. Evil four. There. <laughs> okay. The simple adjustment will constantly remind the players of the benefits of uh, being in a tavern and an inn, and especially the benefits of getting a good night's rest. Because um, let's be honest, part of the wilderness is the danger. Um, that's why most adventurers have things like, I'm going to sit up and watch, but what if the thing that's bad that happens watching, you can't, doesn't do anything. You can't do anything with it. Right. What if, uh, it's something that is outside of just we're getting attacked, such as a horrible weather or, or um, I don't know. It just seems like that gets taken for granted sometimes. And deer and travel just gets the hand wave all the time. I'm not saying every encounter needs to be combat based, but if it starts hailing, you're not going to get a long rest. You know, uh, what do you, what do you guys think? Yeah. My, um, my home group does a lot of travel uh, in between locations. So I'm always trying to, uh, keep that interesting. Um, and, uh, so, uh, most recently there was a thunderstorm and, um, which like, how often does that actually happen in D and D just, enough. you know, and, but you think, okay, there's gotta be precipitation unless you're traveling in, you know, in the desert. And, uh, so, so I, I actually, for, for each day they travel, um, I use a online weather generator to, to decide, okay, what, you know, what's the weather like this day? And I, I keep track of the season and things like that too. That's awesome. So, uh, so yeah, they, they just had a, a big thunderstorm and the really uh, heavy wind and the, uh, the, the squishy wizard, he basically, the, the wind was, was, was blowing enough that, um, that he had to, he, he was just knocked down and couldn't even get up. Um, <laughs> 
the the halfling almost went flying and you know and and stuff it's so like wizard of oz stuff right there that sounds like a perfect opening to uh that new uh which which uh, uh what which is the what what is it damn it we just covered it the wild <laughs> what oh i'll be on the witch light yeah that's the one wild beyond the witch light like just you know what happened to the halfway i have no idea <laughs> you definitely didn't get any sleep last night why because the aurora borealis this time of year in this part of the country in the middle of the woods in our campsite <laughs> yeah that sounds odd turns out it was just the sorcerer casting spells and wild magic going loose <laughs> Um, but anyways, this is something to make them appreciate that and going out of their way, because especially when you start making the cost obvious, like spending nights, especially when they want to stay at like a luxurious inn, it should be draining their resources. And it's easy to say, oh, I sleep in a tent. OK, well, maybe, you know, some rats get in there and start biting you up, you know. Uh, but anyways, I think that'll do it for our uh, Dungeon Master tip. Dangerous camping. Our player tip of the podcast is don't be a dick. dick. (laughs) Nice try, Ian. Uh, And you can avoid dickitude by taking a moment to learn about it. Limitless heroics. Dale, would you like to tell us about it? Yeah. When planning a character with specific symptoms, to get the most benefit, learn more about those real world world symptoms. Uh, Or even if playing fantasy symptoms, the real world symptoms they're based on. So look them up and recognize medical websites, Wikipedia, even better. Find people for whom those symptoms are part of their life. Ask them about their experience. Note, this isn't always easy. It's part of life for a disabled person is explaining their symptoms ad nauseum to medical professionals, family members, friends, coworkers, and many more. And it's exhausting, right? But there's online communities like Reddit's Our Disability or Our Disabled Dungeons. There's subreddits um, dedicated to specific disabilities. There's websites dedicated to specific disabled communities. Uh, we also have the show Gaining Advantage that can help you. We have character uh, 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 players that that come on and talk about their experiences. And um, and in fact, if anyone who is disabled, neurodivergent, or mentally ill would like to come on our show, uh, hit me up and uh, we'll put you on there. And uh, and we talk about you know how that plays itself out in a game and things like that. So um, so basically, you know, learn uh, this is this is part of the process the better you understand the better you're going to be able to uh to play that character um the better you're going to be able to avoid uh you know harmful uh, representations um and it's also helpful if it, maybe it's not your character but it's another character uh in the party right um one of the things that a lot of disabled people run into is um is, is people that don't know how to help them and don't actually stop and ask um Absolutely. You know, and, you know, uh, so I hear this over and over um, uh, blind people who are out and about and someone all of a sudden grabs their arm and helps them across the street. It's like, how do you think that I got this far Here. into town in the first place? <laughs> I'm blind, <I'm> not helpless. <laughs> but, so, you know, if, if you see someone that looks like they might need some help, you know, ask and, you know, and. And, and maybe they do, maybe they don't. And uh, but um, you know, the same thing goes with in your in your D and D game. That um, you know, th- think about that. Think about you know from their perspective and and things like that. And so yeah, if you can find people, um, you know, this is really great. If if you want to play a character that represents 
um, or has symptoms similar to uh, a family member or, uh, you know, a, a friend, someone you care about, you know, talk to them about it and say, you know, here's, here's what I'm thinking. Uh, you know, what do you think about that? And, um, you know, and, but, but also, you know, recognize that sometimes it's like, oh, I'm tired of explaining this <laughs> yeah. and, and that's okay. You know, and, and sit on pushing. And something I did want to mention during the main topic, but we ran out of time, that I can easily tie into this tip, which I mean, some are topics so that make sense, is I think it's important for you to know your players, know your DM, know your table. Because obviously everybody is going to have different opinions, different views, different attitudes, and regardless of whether they're disabled or not. Like I could easily, or if somebody is has a disability, I could see if if you ignore it to the point where it comes across as you're kind of, lack of a phrase, being a dick or lacking empathy, but if you take it too far to the other extreme, where you kind of become over accounting, if you will, you kind of become condescending. You need to find that point yeah. in the middle, and that's not going to be the same for everybody. And I think people do that most of the time and don't realize it. So right, and I get input. And I don't even think, even among the the community of disabilities, as far as I can tell, not even they can agree with how you should treat everything. Like I remember a post yeah. one time where somebody once dropped the joke about being bipolar. A second person jumped in and said, I am bipolar. Your statement offends me. Only for the person who made a joke in the first person said, I'm also bipolar. Who are you to tell me I can't tell jokes about myself? Sure. Yeah. And I so think that's like true. I said, there's of not most really a one situations. size fits all answer. Hence why I'm, I'm yeah. went back to you, know your table, know your group. <laughs> Yep. Mm -hmm. and it's as simple as just asking too yeah hey, if, yeah if... and even even something as simple as this is this was a big uh sort of controversy that i dealt with in writing this book all right are you disabled people or people with disabilities and we call identity first language or person first language all right and different people have different preferences on that and so uh so in the book and and in other places uh, i tend to kind of alternate um, like not a, precisely, sometimes just mm -hmm. one f works better with the, um, the grammar of the sentence or something like mm -hmm. that, you know? Um, but, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, recognize that different people have different preferences on, um, on, on how their, uh, experience is described. Right. And, right. and so just, you know, be sensitive to that and recognize just as everyone's experience is different. Then yeah. how uh, how that works out, uh, how they would like to be described, or how you know they'd like you to understand that is going to be different. Yeah. Like going Perfect. or like yeah, doubling down on the the difference part, which I kind of touched on a moment too. Like I think we can also agree with as we establish how you should inter interact with some people. And once again, it's a different person. But I remember a friend of mine once made a post saying how you should treat somebody who's autistic and how you can accommodate them. I didn't comment. But as I said before, I am on the spectrum. And when I read the list, my first reaction was, I would be offended if somebody treated me that way with half of the stuff on here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone, uh, so. Yeah, like I said, I know that they, they were well-intentioned, but. Right. So uh, yeah. I think that'll do it for our player tip of the podcast. Don't be a Don't dick. Don't be a dick. And you can avoid dickitude by learning a little bit about it, whatever it is. Limitless yep. heroics. Um, well, uh, I have absolutely loved this uh, episode. Uh, before we close out, uh, every episode we give away uh, fat loots to our audience. 
Um, so today we are giving away the fighter archetype, the Skybreaker. If you don't know, I'm a huge, of course you all know, I'm a huge fan of Brandon Sanderson and Windrunners and, and Stormlight Archives and Skybreakers and all that. So it was only a matter of time before I took that inspiration and applied it into my D&D. So we have the Skybreakers, an order of knights who protect the skies from beasts above. Through powerful martial training and a touch of magic, the world around them becomes theirs to command. Founded by the mage knight Gunduik Xenos, she was the first to the title, be titled Skybreaker after uh, she defended his, her kingdom from a dragon attack with spear and magic. This unique fighting style focuses on the manipulation of gravity with objects and creatures. Allows them to fly. It allows them to have creatures fall the wrong direction. It is just a lot of fun. Um, you can't do much more magic than that, but it's all the magic you need. Yeah. <laughs> um, so definitely uh, our winner today is Patricia uh, Solano37. Definitely uh, let us know what you think about it. If you didn't win, no problem. You can head on over to CritAcademy.com and subscribe to our newsletter for your chance to win. That's it. Also, when you sign up in our newsletter, you also get our best-selling challenge accepted free. You sign up. That's it. You're guaranteed to get free loot, and you might get more free loot because once you're in there, I constantly am rolling on that list. So, all right. Uh, last week, we did have special several giveaways special mm -hmm. giveaways uh, for people watching the streams. We have two winners for the rescue on Griffin Craig pass by Chad Lynch uh, from YouTube. We have Darth Juyo. If I'm saying that wrong. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> and on Twitch, it's, it's, <laughs> it's DMK four one ten. We love giving away fat loots to all of our audience. So um, like, follow, subscribe, all that jazz. Before we close out, Dale, do you want to give yourself one more plug uh, where people can find you? All that jazz. Yeah. So for uh, for all you uh, Crit Nation fans, um, you can just pop over to crit.inclusiverpg.com. Mm hmm We'll put, make sure to put that link in the thing below it. There's link is also on the blog too. Um, so awesome. We're definitely, is there somewhere they can follow you? Yeah. Yeah. You can, uh, you know, you can follow me and Wormworks Dale on Twitter. Um, but uh, even better, if you go to our website, you just, you can actually go to that same link and, uh, and sign up for our newsletter. Uh, you'll get not only notified, about when the Kickstarter launches and all that. We've got some extra stuff uh, that we put out. We've got a whole bunch of uh, combat maps and, and other things. Um, and also uh, something that is actually is an exclusive uh, just to our newsletter is uh, Draconic Addiction, where we take a look at addiction and, and it's not, it's addiction is not the same as greed. Right. And so um, so typically you often think of dragons as greedy, but what if they're actually addicted to their loot? And so we actually oh, snap. use that. So we're exploring what addiction is and 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 what it isn't, all right, through a dragon and and how would that play out with a dragon that has an addiction? That is so cool. 
Mm -hmm. That is so, so cool. So, but yeah, you can only get that through our newsletter. So um, go and sign up. Dalcinia says, already signed up for the newsletter. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. I think that'll do it for our show today. If you enjoy the show and you want to support us, visit us at CritAcademy.com. Follow us on social media and please leave a review. As a reminder, if you're not following us on social media, we are currently doing a 10, 10K uh, uh, goal. YouTube subscribers, 10K by the end of the year. And we will pay if we achieve that goal, we will give one lucky person a free copy of all of our digital content, which is uh, a lot of content. I think there's at least like what 27 plus uh, pieces of content at least. So um, yeah. please help us get that, share it, like it, all that jazz. I am your host, Justin. I'm your guest, Dale. And I'm your co host, Ian. Thanks for listening. Keep your blade sharp and spells prepared, heroes.